we were able to get him coverage for estate purposes as a user of cannabis products where that would have never been available to him previously. And that's a great thing for his family. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are doing another installment of a series that we did about six months ago called Things to Know When Raising Cannabis Capital. And with me today is an old friend, John Weir from Weir Financial Services, to talk about things to include in a deal to protect your personal financial interest. John, welcome to the show. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. John and I have known each other for a real long time, and I know John has some good insight into what we're going to talk about. And You know, when you're raising capital, one very common mistake entrepreneurs make is getting so caught up in the deal that they forget about their personal needs and their personal security. You've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. When they get into deals, you've seen some of the mistakes that people make, you know, as they get into deals. Maybe you can just shed some light in that. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Again, I appreciate being on and it's nice to connect after a period of time and spending time in the past on the ski slopes. So to your question, it's pretty fundamental stuff as business owners. I think most people will recognize that it's have basic protections in place. And there's three basic exits that can happen for a business owner as an ongoing concern, which is retirement, death, or disability. Naturally, you can exit prior to that and cash out. What I speak to in my work is life insurance and using life insurance for those fundamental protections of key person coverage, or if you have partner situation by sell, life insurance is a very effective alternative asset as well and provide funding for investments. It can provide collateral. I know the, like, the one thing that blindsided me the first time I worked with investors was how my relationship with my business changed You know, after I took on the investors. To explain, before my business and I were basically one, <laughs> and it was fine because I owned 100%, but that's kind of where the problem is. And until you have an investor, the best interest of the business is also, in most cases, the best interest for you. But when you have an investor or you take on partners, it's not always the same. Your personal best interests aren't always in line with your company's best interest. And if you don't address that in the deal, could leave yourself having problems down the road. And I'm going to kind of lead you into what you started to talk about. I think there are a ton of different ways to do this. But on today's show, I think we're going to focus on the life insurance side of it because this is an option that wasn't available for cannabis companies even a couple months ago. And you represent a lot of insurance companies. What kind of changes have you seen recently? Yeah, so we are a, an independent firm, but we do work with, I guess, maybe 15 to 20 different carriers. What's really interesting and what's happening now with the, the growing of the cannabis industry is the insurance industry is starting to accept and allow for coverage of those involved. As you probably can imagine, insurance companies have the same standards as banks and are required to follow the federal regulations with respect to anti-money laundering and, and those types of things. And so that's where the rub has always been. 
addressing coverage in the cannabis industry. So they really have historically not been able to help anyone, whether it's someone who's using cannabis or CBD, or if they are involved in investments, because a lot of times there's a financial underwriting component to getting coverage. So that's really new, I'd say, within 12 to 18 months, and it's still evolving just like the cannabis industry. So it's an exciting thing for us to be able to help clients. Can I give you an example? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I have one client. He's actually not directly involved in the cannabis industry. He's a successful broker in New York City, and he's a a CBD user and and has his finger on the pulse of things kind of going on in in the cannabis industry and investing. And, you know, with a a deep enough pocket, he was able to get into uh, an investment when Canada recently legalized. As a result, he was able to do very, very well with an investment. So we were able to get him coverage for estate purposes as a user of cannabis products where that would have never been available to him previously. And that's a great thing for his family because now you can mitigate all kinds of things down the line, taxes, estate taxes, that that type of thing. Yeah. Like you said, if you test when they did the blood test and it came up in your It'd be like, oh, you failed. Can't give you insurance. But that's good that that's changing. It it should change. You know, most of the time when you put your deal together, the investors will require you to have a life insurance policy or key man life insurance policy. You own the policy, but the company gets the proceeds if you were to die. And most people end up just getting a term policy, some cheap policy, then you just just get it just to check that box. But I always say get a whole life policy, or I don't know if they call them whole life or universal life policy, one that you know collects cash. Company pays for it, doesn't really hurt the the company, and at the end you walk away with life insurance policy that has value. Yep, that's the alternative asset aspect that I mentioned earlier. And just to be broad brush, high level on what they're looking for, the underwriters, that is, really on the medical side, it's interesting. CBD is really a non-factor. In the past, I guess they say no coverage or there might be an extra cost in the premium for some type of usage. Now, carriers are doing traditional placements uh, and they're not assessing this extra charge for use. And what underwriters are looking for from the medical standpoint for users are really just frequency and type. And if there are any related health concerns that may have come from it or maybe being treated by it. From the financial underwriting standpoint, the underwriters are looking at the difference between a passive investor and active investor, owner employees. And a big part of it for them still is how much of a concentration of their investment is in the cannabis industry. And if there's some type of direct investment, there's still some reluctance there. There are a handful of carriers now that will look at that specifically on a case-by-case basis, but the majority of them are, are really looking, trying to look at the whole picture and say, okay, this person or entity as, as investors, can we separate or carve out the cannabis aspect and underwrite based on the non-cannabis finance. So very similar to banking, very similar to banking, where if, if you're touching the plant, your grow or your dispensary, those are ones who really have a hard time. As you get a little bit further away and your revenue is derived from companies that do touch the plant, 
it's not as automatic, but there's still a little bit of a risk. And I, I know the insurance companies are the same way because they have to adhere to the same banking rules. But the good news is it's changing. That's I think that's really the okay. message here. Exactly. And like I said earlier, it's evolving daily. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why. So if, if you're in the middle of a deal, I would recommend that you look into this touch base with the person that handles your finances. Just see if this is available at the time or if there's some way that you can you can carve this into the deal. We've been speaking with John Weir from Weir Financial Resources, and I'll have all of John's information on the MJ Bulls website. So if anybody wants to to talk to him directly, you can get it, get that contact information. There. John, I appreciate you being on the show today. This is really helpful stuff. You bet, Dan. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.